Hello and welcome back to a very special episode of Boys Gone Wild. It's the first solo Boys Gone Wild I've done in ages. The first traditional Boys Gone Wild where we talk about a boy. A boy I'm very excited to talk about. The reason why I've come back to doing a solo podcast is because I remembered this Boy Gone Wild who is... what He, he definitely, as I, I said in that, that kind of earlier episodes, that all the Boys Gone Wild I was talking about all show different parts of the overall ultimate boy gone wild he's certainly one of the key elements of this ultimate boy gone wild because today i'm going to be talking about the performance artist teching heise i think that's how you pronounce his name i mean it's it's absolutely impossible especially when you've only really been reading about him these names i don't know how to say it teching heise i don't know anyway huge fan of his absolute hilarious boy gone wild and fully I just I I remembered him because I studied him at university, and as soon as um I remembered him, I was like I I have to do a solo Boys Gone Wild. It's I need to add to the canon, the archive of Boys Gone Wild because this guy truly is one of the archetypical, truly wild Boys Gone Wild. Um and yeah, I decided I, some people have been telling me that they wanted to see some of the solo ones as well, and like I've been feeling over the last couple of weeks, I've just been feeling kind of like I need something been kind of feeling a little bit more melancholic and restless over lockdown I've basically been missing stand-up a lot recently um i've just been feeling odd really and i just needed some more a different way of expressing myself at the moment um and what better than talking about a taiwanese performance artist uh dreams do come true um but yeah and also i think i'm feeling weird because it's um it's coming up to my birthday and this is my second birthday in lockdown, so I entered when I was 22, and I'm going to leave when I'm 24, and it just feels like that That means that that entire year has been done in lockdown. I know we're all going to have pretty much a whole year in lockdown, um, and I just can't stand birthdays in general, you know. I'm not like a Grinch when it comes to birthdays. I just like, I just can't stand having my birthday. It's weird, because as a, because I see some people who love their birthdays, you know, it's, Girls are a lot better. Sorry to say it. Girls are a lot better at enjoying their birthday. I, I'm, I'm jealous of a lot of women in my life who they have such a nice birthday. All their friends make them big birthday things. And you can just see them. They enjoy being princess for the day, you know. And that's not me having a dig. That's not me saying that they're narcissistic or anything. I'm like, I wish I could enjoy being a princess for a day. Because it just, it would be easier for every party involved. Because on your birthday, people want you to have a good birthday. And you sort of want to have a good birthday yourself. So you're helping other people by enjoying yourself. So I wish I could be more of a princess and enjoy my birthday. But, you know, I was quite an attention-seeking child, as you can imagine. But I, I'm not a big fan of, a, like, attention so much anymore. And I think that's what I like about stand-up, is that I get I get all the attention I need. Like, that's just, like, perfect. I feel it, it's literally like eating a full meal of attention. And you're like, that's me done. And I think it's made me a far more... Some people think stand-up can make people even more unbearable. I think it makes a lot of those people... If those people... A lot of stand-ups, if they weren't doing stand-up comedy or performance or any sort of art in general, they would be so much worse. And I see people who haven't followed, you know, failed actresses or like people who thought they wanted to be an actor and they go into an office job. And you can see that they still have that fucking desire for like attention and validation, but they've got no outlet. You know, I feel I'm a lot more bearable to be around because... In general, I get the attention I need uh, from stand-up, which means I can like take a step. So when it comes around to things like birthdays, where it's like focused, like a forced fun, this is you can have some attention. I just that's 
I don't want that. I want to be surprised by having attention, you know? Um, I'm bad at having birthdays and I'm bad at treating people for their birthdays. Like I dread BB's birthday when it comes up this year. I just, I'm just not good at like, because, you know, I, I hate to say it, but I think, I, I think uh, to me, I feel like I give a pretty much a birthday every day. I, you know, that's what you've got to be doing. You've got to be treating them. For me, the what I enjoy, I hate kind of like living a life where it's like a build up to one big day. I like going, make, living large on a Tuesday. That's when I'm on my best form if maybe we go on a date on a Tuesday because it feels like you're cheating the system, you know? If you if you just go wild on a Tuesday, it feels like you've stolen, you know, you've stolen a good night from the universe that's trying to keep it away from you. So yeah, maybe that's part of the reason why I've been feeling kind of odd. But um, yes, Taishing Heiss. Uh, he's a performance artist and I studied him at university because there was an extra module that I did when I did film at, at Warwick University. It was it was quite linked to the theatre department. So they gave us an option to do a performance art module and I thought this is going to be brilliant, you know. Because I was sort of fascinated because I'm like, I'm very cynical with a lot of art but I'm also very sincerely, there's nothing I like more than art in general, you know, in all its different forms, that sort of, the thing I like most is things like stand-up films, music, fine art, you know, stuff like that. That is what I like most. So seeing performance art, which most of it is truly garbage. Um, but I, I, I am sort of fascinated by performance art because it's like, it's the main art at really like pushing the limit to like, what is art, you know? Because you think paintings... Or like modern art and stuff is like, oh, is that really art if he's put a shoe in a corner? But it's still, you know, it's in a museum. Performance artists can really take the fucking piss where they push what art is art. But I thought after this course, I was really nicely surprised about uh, how much I liked quite a few of these performance artists, uh, even though most of it is shit. Um, and so I want to talk about this one guy called Tai Shing Heis, who was born in the 50s in Taiwan. And I, I don't know enough about his childhood because something truly awful must have happened to him to make him... It's, it's, I, I don't think there's ever been an artist who's more... Who's, it, it might, he, he must be severely unwell. I mean, there's a kind of uh, cliche that artists are severely mentally ill and they're just expressing themselves. But this, this guy kind of takes it to a whole new level. Um, he was born in Taiwan in the 50s to a family of 15 children. So I assume he just didn't get the attention he needed uh, and Taiwan, Taiwan at the time was a very conservative country and uh, he was like forced to do military service he really didn't like it so he started as like a painter and he had like uh, exhibition of his paintings but it, it didn't really work for him instead he wanted to be a performance artist um, and and when he was 16 uh, he did his first performance art piece which I'll go through his performance art pieces in chronology um, and this is one of my favourite pieces ever because it's a complete fuck up of a piece. He makes more interesting stuff, but when he was uh, 16 years old, he did a piece called Jump. Okay, this is what it was called. It was called Jump. He was a young boy at the time. Um, the whole piece was him hurling himself off a two-storey building onto concrete. Okay? That's the whole piece. He did it. There's like pictures of him doing it. He did it, landed on the concrete, broke both his ankles, as you would if you jumped off a two-story building onto concrete. Um, and, like, what I love about this piece is 
<laughs> reading an interview with him like 34 years later when he talks about this piece jump he was saying like yeah i'm not sure that was that was my best work <laughs> he his his ankles never recovered he had he had like damaged ankles for the rest of his life from this piece and the way that he can view that piece and like the mindset of performance artist being like yeah wasn't my best work admittedly in retrospect I was still finding my voice. You know, finding your voice as a performance artist is hysterical because it's it's it literally like he's an open micer trying out some new material that bombed. But instead of that, because it's performance art, he hurled himself off a two-story building in the name of art and was like, actually, I'm not sure I, I, I said the points that I really wanted to say. So starting from that incredible point, he then moves on to do these sort of endurance pieces. He kind of moves to New York and like uh, does like odd jobs here and there as an illegal immigrant. Um, and he his his big obsession was time, and um, so he he'd do these performances back to back in the early eighties, um, which were all a year long, and he was obsessed with the idea of a year because it says a lot about how we commodify time and how time is being commodified, and like what does a year mean, and like really focusing on the idea of a year as a period of time, or how we measure our age, it's where when the Earth goes around the sun. Um, or the sun goes around the earth, Perfect. depending on what your beliefs are. Uh, so his first piece was called was called the Cage Piece, and this happened in the seventy nine to nineteen eighty, where he for a year he locked himself in a wooden cage, and all it had in there was like a light, a wash basin, a bed, and that was pretty much all there was in that year. And basically, his art piece was that all he was going to do, he wasn't allowed to read, write, talk, consume art do anything like that he basically was only allowed to shit and eat in this cage and do that for a year he had then had someone who'd come in collect his waste um and take a photo of him and like the art piece is him spending a whole year uh without doing anything basically um so it's kind of a preempt uh a precursor to the ideas of lockdown which i think um Probably that piece, if someone did that piece now, it'd probably mean a lot more to us. That piece, it didn't really mean much to me, like kind of interesting. Remember, you've got to really, when you're viewing this performance art, you've got to kind of put on a much more pretentious head. Um, just in a cage for a year, didn't really move me. And that's how I, I've realized you have to judge all these things is when you hear about them or see images of them, does it make you feel anything? And him locking himself in a cage for a year, doesn't make me feel anything. But then the next piece he does is what I think is one of the greatest pieces of art ever made. I certainly think it's the best performance art piece ever. This guy is truly mental. He did After he'd done that piece, you imagine you'd want to take a break. He took like, I don't know, three months off, then he dives into his next year-long piece. This one's called the Time Clock piece. In his apartment in New York, what he does, he set up this like, he set up this like, um, clock a camera where this is now basically a clock here and then um uh, a piece of paper on the wall with little dashes for every day or every hour and basically for the entire year he would record take a picture of himself every hour for a, an entire year okay is that clear what i'm saying every single hour for a year Ching heiss would take a picture of himself so that means he'd never ever really get more than 55 minutes sleep for an entire year. So what you'd do is he'd shake his head at the beginning completely and then he'd come in and he'd hit this button that would uh, take the photo and 
take an image of himself. So he's got basically, he missed, he failed 133 times, which is pretty reasonable. Think about how much you sleep in, but then imagine you have an alarm every single hour of every single day for a year. So he took an image of himself every single hour for a year. I mean, I don't know, like even reading interviews about him, I don't know how he doesn't talk about it like, mate, that was fucking, what the fuck was I thinking? He talks about it like it was like, he, he drew a picture like it's a piece of art. You, what the fuck? How, how do you have that level of focus? How do you not go fucking mental? And so that piece, I heard about it and I started laughing because it, it just, it was so ridiculous. But then, and this is still a point where I, w- I didn't really view performance art as anything other than sort of quite pretentious uh, form of expression. But then I saw the video because he, he'd set it up in uh, museums where he'd have images of every hour on the hour of him, the pictures taken of him, and it'd be around and you could see how his body would and shape would change throughout the whole year, all in the same place. But then he also put a, f- a six-minute film together where he just put all the pictures on, it was like a time-lapse. Um, and I saw watched that, and it was that made me feel something. And then I was like, okay, this is actually fucking good. Um, it's kind of hard to explain, but you just know when you see something. You're like, okay, that whatever that is, that's some good art, I think. You know, it's just you know when you know when they do the uh, time lapse of people over a year. It's just like, and his hair's growing. Um, but he doesn't look as dishevelled as you think. He's pretty much because you imagine, imagine you, any of us doing that, an image of us every hour for a year. It would end up with us literally like. <sighs> like frothing at the mouth like but he pretty much kept the same expression for the entire year you know he looked a little bit like but it was quite extraordinary and after seeing that it does make you think about time in a really interesting way um makes you think about every hour and what that actually is and basically his philosophy on life is and the kind of points he's trying to make with all these pieces is that I mean, it's quite bleak when you say it out loud, but it, he, he just basically sees life as consuming time. And it's quite an interesting view, way of viewing the life you have on the earth is basically all it is, which kind of what it all is, is you're just consuming time. So he definitely is fulfilled with a real element of a boy gone wild of just... There's something... There is something incredible about that because it's just so far removed from what art has become today with the kind of content age where where whenever you're making stuff you're kind of making it for instagram you're making it for to go viral you're making it to like um get that immediate satisfaction but this really feels like something that i don't know how much he would care if it did well or badly it just feels like such pure art endurance you know it just felt like it was he wasn't doing it for money you know he was broke the whole time it just feels like there's, and it, I just don't know if you sort of see that anymore. So, big, a big fan of that piece. And then after that, he did this one's. I think I think this one's all right. That literally, he, he's just done that. Um, and then like another, he took like another three month break, and then to come up with his next big idea. Uh, and then this one was he spent a year um, outdoors. That was the whole piece. So basically, for an entire year, he was not allowed to go indoors at any point. And like, I can understand why he probably got the idea for that, seeing as he'd spent an entire year only in his apartment, basically. Um, but once again, he probably, if I was a therapist, I'd say there's other ways to kind of, you know, 
live a healthier life. Balance isn't doing one year the most extreme thing and one year is not one year indoors one year outdoors um so he did that for a year and there's like images of him all around america uh, throughout all the seasons um and at one point i guess some of the interesting things is that he got into a fight um as you would you know i think anyway if we spent a whole life outdoors you're gonna fight someone that's that's something wonderful about human beings is if you go if you're in a city and you're outside for a year you will fight someone because that you're just around people for too long the, the whole point of the home is that we can come back somewhere so we don't have to fight people because if we didn't have homes we would all be fighting each other because that's what strangers do if strangers are outside long enough with each other some of them are going to start fighting so he started a fight and ended up in court um and they they like had to drag him into court and he was in tears because they'd ruined his art piece um and i think they allowed there was like a special privilege where he was allowed to basically stand outside while the court proceedings happened um but yeah that one that one's fine i like that one and then this one's pretty cool this one's um he does this with another performance artist called linda montano it's called the rope piece so he did once again didn't take much of a break he spent a year he spent a year this next one he spent a year tied with a like meter long piece of rope to this other performance artist they're not allowed to touch and he spent the whole year just those two tied together and that's the piece they have to stay tied together they can't untie the rope um which just like imagine that like i can't i can't wear like a t-shirt for more than two days without it getting itchy and kind of gross. Imagine having a rope wrapped around you. Imagine having another person attached to you. Like, you know, even with my girlfriend, I, I can last like, four, I could do maybe, I could speak, see for like four days of a week. Imagine being tied to someone for an entire year. And because it's written up as like an art piece, they don't really go into the details that all of us are thinking about, which is like, what happens if you, if you need a shit? And like, what about the kind of cycles of your your bowel movements? Like, how intimately you would know how long someone's taking for a shit. I don't know how you would shit. How how do you even manage to unclench your buttocks to shit? If you had someone, imagine sitting on the toilet, just having a moment for yourself. You look down, you remember there's a rope trailing down the floor, squeezed through the door, and there's <laughs> there's your mate Linda sitting with her back against the door probably listening to you shit and uh, to be honest i don't think they probably had the best diet on this year i can't imagine it was very fibrous um so i can imagine you there was some long times on the toilet those are the main things sleeping in the bed but you're not out to touch i think yeah one of the main problems with that as well unlike the other piece which was just sort of solo is just the awkwardness you know fair enough the time clock piece where he's taking a photo of him you can do a lot of endurance and go through a lot of traumatic stuff if you're on your own because you know that you can sort of contain the specifics of that experience within your own experience but when you have to spend a year in front of someone else maybe it's because it's a more british thing but i just find that so so like constantly embarrassing just having to exist right next to someone they weren't allowed to touch. I wonder how much they talked. I can't imagine him talking that much. And when he does, I can imagine it being absolute nonsense. Um, 
but the, I'd spend the, I, I bet the most of that piece was just like him going like, oh, bloody rope. <laughs> Starting to chafe for you, yeah. Ooh, yeah. Ooh. Oh, you need, you're going to the toilet? Yeah, cool. Now I'll just, I'll just lie in, on the door outside. Don't worry, I'll, I'll cover my ears. Like, and that's probably on the first day. Um, then this one, this next piece, cop out if you ask me. Cop out if you ask me. Um, this one was called No Art Piece. So he's done, I mean, he's earned it because of the earlier, the highlights of the time clock piece and the outdoor piece. But this one's called the No Art Piece. So for one year, Heish basically said, Heish, uh basically said, I'm not going to consume talk about, read about art or go into any museums or anything. So that's the piece, is that he's just not going to do any art. Um, and like after the kind of the endurance of the other pieces and like the shock of hearing it, this one is a well-deserved cop-out. It's not a good piece. That doesn't do anything. Hearing that you didn't do art for a year doesn't move me in any way. It doesn't make me consider art or time, really. Uh, but I think that's also quite a clever way of basically saying, I'm fucking sick of art. I've spent my year fucking tight. My last year was tied to this fucking Linda. And all it was was art. So this next piece of art is going to be about doing no art. And the one thing I, I guess I respect about that is it's sort of making content through the lack of making content, you know. I, it's like me doing like I'm gonna do an Instagram um, post about me not making Instagram posts for a year. You know, turn your wanting to stop making content into content. Um, so maybe that's what the art piece is about: making art about not doing art. Uh, still, it doesn't move me. Doesn't hit. And then this one is quite funny as well. This is a like you know, there's artists at their peak. You know, there's Picasso at his peak and then when he started like churning them out for more money, they started getting a bit like, okay, you're becoming a meme of yourself, Pablo. This is sort of what he, he had his heights when he was a young man taking a picture of himself every hour. Um, and then this one is a 13 year piece. And when you hear that, you're like, okay, my ears are pricked. What's Teching got for me this time? Um, and he said... I'm going to make art during this time, during this 13-year time. It's called the 13-year plan, but will not show up publicly. And then the concluding report, the kind of only physical embodiment of the piece, is him cutting out magazine cuttings, saying, I kept myself alive. I passed the December 31st, 1999, which is the end of the 13 years. Um, and that's it. That's all it is. I kept myself alive. I passed the December 31st, 1999. That's all it says. Um, 13 years long, that is a slog. Um, but he could have done something more interesting. You know, we want the old touching back. It's like all these people who kind of like missed the old Eminem and he came back with like Kamikaze. Remember that album? Fucking hell. Um, and he started doing those raps about like Donald Trump, big orange lump. Um, what didn't hit and we're like we just kind of want you to like it's just a bit lame now so 13 years of him making up and not showing anyone and like I don't know what that kind of art's like 
Do you know what I mean? Like, seems like you ran out of ideas aggressively. You know, looking at this, actually, looking at your entire career, it seems like you've only had three good ideas. I mean, jump wasn't a good idea, mate. My favorite piece is clearly jump. I think about that piece a lot. Well, maybe jump is great art. Or is it like The Room, as in it's a bad film, but it's entertaining? But it's just, there's something about that. There's something, and here's what I think performance art is. I often tell people about the time clock piece. Um, and I think you can say what performance art, the performance artists probably say something different about how it's like, it's holding a mirror up to society and all these kind of things. But for everyday people, basically what performance art is, is you hearing about what the piece is and saying, that's a bit mental. Then you telling your friend, do you know there's someone who did this as a performance art piece? That is what performance art is. And that moment of them going, what? You know, I've told friends. So yeah, so this guy took a picture of himself every hour for a year. It was a performance art piece. And them going, what? That moment of them going, what the f- Who would do? That is performance art. That is art working is then going, every hour for a year, that's fucking mental. That's them going home, lying in bed, thinking about something else, and going, oh, did someone took a picture of themselves every hour for a year, that's fucking mental. I can't look at my phone for, for less than, if I haven't looked at my phone for 10 minutes, I'm losing my mind. That's what I've realised great art is. Um, but yeah, I there's a couple of other performance artists who we studied, uh, Marina Abramovich is like the big dog but I feel she's got a bit too much of an ego what I liked about Ching is he really didn't feel like he had much of an ego apparently now he he's still in New York and he runs like a Chinese greengrocer in Brooklyn it should be so sick to like just see him just like stocking shelves there's just something so fucking baller about that he just and people just buying stuff off him and having no idea imagine your local greengrocers and there's just a dude behind there and you just buy stuff from him and you don't, little did you know that that dude took a picture of himself every hour for a fucking year. But jump is the real piece. Just so funny. There's something so funny about that. Sorry to go back to it, but there's just something so funny about him jumping off a two-story building, breaking his ankles for the rest of his life. He's got a limp forever. And then, looking back on it and going, wasn't my best work. <laughs> so good. Love a bit of Ta-Ching. Um, but yeah, I, I like all art, the good stuff of all art. A lot of former art is shit. Even some of his stuff is shit. But when it hits, fair enough. The only performance art that's never good, the only art that is always bad is spoken word. That's the only art. I'm very open when it comes to art. I'll hear it out. But from what I've seen, spoken word has only ever been awful. Um, it's not even that the poems are bad. It's just the whole culture around it. Society, why me? Today, tomorrow, you, me, the sea. Like that whole thing, even if technically what you're saying is poetry. That whole kind of like, that level of sincerity makes me want to vomit. And I, I went to a lot of spoken word nights at uni because to do stand-up to get more gigs in my uni town you had to sort of be sandwiched between 
kind of people playing Wonderwall on the guitar and spoken word artists talking about the patriarchy. So I had to sit through a lot. And there was there a lot of this. I don't know if you guys know this, which is like clapping is um, disruptive. And also I think it's offensive to people who are deaf, I think. I know that's what you do for people who are deaf because this is offensive. But this is like your way of showing support for what people are saying. And there is no smugger room in the world than a left-wing uni's spoken word evening when you've got a poet up there talking about the patriarchy, matriarchy, who am I? Like talking about how, you know, the weight of being a middle-class white woman and then all the other middle-class white women going like this. There's nothing more smug than that moment. Just that feeling of, yeah, it's truly something to behold. Maybe that is great art. Um, but yeah, I've done enough time for sure. It's good to be back. I'm going to be doing some more of these whenever I feel like it. Um, there's a couple of Boys Gone Wild. I've been seeing some stuff about some big BGWs that I uh, want to do on. But check out Tishing Heiser um, and let me know what you think in the comments. And let me know if you know any other performance art pieces. And then I can discuss whether I think they're good or not. Um, but yes, thank you very much. The regular episode will be back on Friday, 9.30, like usual. See you later, guys.